you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by Zaxby's DJ Bucky. Back with you, Buck. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Exciting football weekend, and it's it's always good now that we're kind of in the thick of everything football. Meaning, college football is going in the middle of the the hunt. We're beginning to see all the teams play, all the top prospects that are electing to play. We're beginning to kind of be able to put a book on those guys. Uh, the pro games on Sundays are outstanding. We're seeing the young guys play, and so we're have an opportunity to confirm and validate some of the opinions that we may have had about guys in the draft. And then just looking forward, looking forward to what could be in this next class and how teams are going to continue to build. I think it's a really, really exciting time watching ball. 
Yeah, today I want to get to a fun conversation here in a minute about uh, the quarterback position, what we've seen from these young rookies when you think about the way that Burrow and, and Herbert and now we're seeing Tua and what he's doing, how these young guys are playing, uh, and then try and relate that to this next class that's coming up that, that could be a really interesting class. I want to have a, a conversation about um, – athleticism and, and where the position is headed and whether it's a it's a requirement it's not a luxury it's actually a requirement uh, to have a big time athlete at the quarterback position so we'll get to that discussion in just a little bit uh, but let's start off with the game we saw last night uh, Pat's Jets I'll be honest I did not I did not anticipate sitting down and watching uh, much of this game and then I like sucked me in sometimes when you get bad bad teams it makes for a good ball game yeah it was interesting DJ to watch that game right so the natural I think thought going into the game, A, the Patriots are going to run the Jets out of the building. This wouldn't be a very competitive game. And I think what really was revealing to me, I, th- I think it I think it put both teams in the context in terms of where they are. And so, and looking at the Patriots side, it made me really realize the lack of talent that the Patriots have. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're going toe-to-toe with the Jets teams that we've seen the elite teams completely blow the doors off. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs have their way with them. I mean, we even saw a San Francisco 49ers team kind of knock them around in spite of having a bunch of injuries on the day of a game. And I'm looking at the Patriots and I'm watching them work so hard for, it seemed like every first down, like it is a little, like a, like a, what was it? 10 yard war. Like it's, yeah. it's a 10 yard war. Fight. 10 yard fight. Like, ev- like everything that they're doing, like there's nothing that's very easy. Now I will say that I think the Patriots have found what their identity is the last couple of weeks. Like they just have to lean heavy into the run game and hope that they can just run it down people's throats. And that is their saving grace. Um, but I, I was shocked at the lack of overall team speed and athleticism on the Patriots, the lack of explosive plays that they're, I mean, they just can't generate any explosive plays. And so it, it puts a ton of pressure on the quarterback and you're asking a quarterback who historically has not been a very accurate passer to be an accurate passer because that is the only way that you can move the ball down the field when you really need it. I just think it's a recipe for disaster because I just don't think they have enough talent. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this about Cam. There's a couple, there's still a couple balls where you can tell like he's just not natural the way he's throwing the ball. You see one nose down on a little crosser that skipped, but then you look up at the end of the day, 27 for 35, 274. He had two rushing touchdowns, you know, not a lot of yards in the run game, but uh, when they get down there in the tight red zone, he's able to to use that size and power to get in. Um, and and I it was, just listen to him after the game too. It's kind of refreshing, man. Like wh- wh- whatever Cam and some of the immaturity might have had when he was a younger player, I've been impressed with the way he's handled himself. He's owned mistakes when he hasn't played well. He's completely owned that. Um, he's got a. I love the energy, the smile he's got on his face. He's constantly talking about you know working, and I know. Look, it's just it's words, but I believe him when he talks about the work that he's putting in. And and uh, I think he's given it a- absolutely everything he has. I don't think he's anywhere near the Cam Newton that we saw in Carolina Buck at his peak. But mm-hmm. I've been impressed with Cam Newton and the fact of his maturity um, and the way he's competing out there on the field. It, I mean, I think they're they're getting every ounce they can out of Cam Newton. I give Cam Newton all the credit. I give him a lot of credit because I think he has fully embraced the Patriot way in terms of like going about his business. I think he has learned a lot about how to play winning football there. I mean, look, he's already taken a team to the Super Bowl and done those things. He's been, a, I mean, an impressive individual player, 66 touchdowns. Like I, I saw the stat, 66 rushing touchdowns. He has more rushing touchdowns than like these Hall of Fame running backs like yeah. Terrell Davis and 
others. And you're just like, wow, like he has really done a great job there. And I think in New England, what he's done is he's fully embraced kind of, hey, I'm a team player, whatever, even the way he celebrates after touchdown, like he appears to be a great teammate. And Mm -hmm. I think that may bode well for him to maybe have another year or two in New England as they attempt to kind of bridge the gap when they do find a young quarterback, whether that's early in the draft or whatever. I think there's an opportunity for him to be around as they fortify and rebuild this team because this is a team that's going to have about $73 million in salary cap space Mm. next season. So you know that they're going to invest in some players and upgrade the stuff uh, on offense and defense. And I think because he's been such a model citizen, I think it gives them a chance to – continue to move on with him as the quarterback while they groom somebody else to be the long-term solution. So I will say, I agree with you. I've been very impressed with him and what he is trying to do. And I would say that I don't think the young Cam Newton would have been able to join the Patriots and be the player and the, the teammate that he is. Yeah. I I give him a lot of credit and uh, you flip it over to the other side here with the Jets a uh, couple things. I, I think there's some there's some bright signs there. When you look at Denzel Mims, since he's been healthy and in the lineup, I wish they'd get him the ball a little bit more. But four catches, 62 yards. Um, he's been he's been impressive. He's going to be a key piece for them going forward. I think he's going to be a really good number two wide receiver. Um, I do not for the life of me understand this. I feel like we ha- we talk about this every week. Frank Gore, 12 carries. LaMichael Pirine, six carries. It's been said. I don't know what, I don't know what else there's to say like, about like, that. Like, like, what are we doing? It, it, it does seem like there there is a disconnect in Look, I, I know Adam Gase and those guys were disappointed in the outcome, but I actually think that's the perfect way for them to play games. Yeah. Um, Get some good be- performance out of some young guys and then lose. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you maintain your stuff. Like, you don't want to mess up your lottery ticket if yeah. you have an opportunity, whether it's a lottery ticket that results in the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, coming there, or a lottery ticket that brings you back a bushel load of picks. I mean, it, it, it's, it's one of those things you don't want to do. But I, I felt like, look, they, they played without Quentin Williams up front. And yep. defensively, they did a really good job of playing with effort and energy and stopping the run and doing those things. And so um, I was surprisingly impressed by what I saw from the Jets last night, because obviously when you see the scores and see how they um, lose games, you're just like, man, this is just a bad football team. They don't have a lot. But I I would be encouraged in terms of like some of the things that they displayed. Now I am worried because Makai Becton went out the yeah. game very early and this is a year where he, we've seen him beat up or whatever. I, I do wonder if we get to the point where we're like, Hey man, let's just shut, let's just shut, shut him down, down yeah. and make sure he is right before we put him out there because mm-hmm. he's a building block for the future. And I mean, what are we doing? Where are we going? I just want to make sure that he's right. I don't want anything um, that happens to him this year to impact all 21 player that he is yep. in 2021. And yep. I know that's a hard, I know that's a hard conversation sometimes to have with coaches and stuff, but that's one that if you're Joe D your, your management, you got to take care of the long-term interests of the franchise. And I do not want to put what I call my, my building blocks in harm's way if mm-hmm. they're hurt and they're not able to protect themselves. Yeah. I thought Ash and Davis showed well too. He got the penalty on the Ooh. sack. Hey, I, will say, he I, will stroked, say, I, I did not know that, that he had that club in his bag. Like he, I know. I, it was funny because during the broadcast, they were talking about how physical they thought he was. I was trying to figure out what, what film yeah. was that? Like, if yeah. anything, I was always impressed with an athlete. athleticism, the fact that he was a track athlete that made the transition um, and did all those things. But now the physicality part of it, I, I didn't I, – that wasn't the main no. thing in the evaluation. So when I saw him come in and I saw him take his shot, I was like, oh. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look up my I'm gonna look at my notes here real quick in my little Excel sheet. Ashton Davis, track former cornerback, plays high safety, FBI range, fluid, can cover in the slot. He's a firm tackler. Uh, he had a lot of last line of defense tackles. So a sure tackler in space, but I didn't see it. Were, I did not see a Trent Killer when I when I watched right, because, it. I liked because, it, but I didn't see a Trent Killer. Because when you talk about a firm tackler or a last line of defense, to me that is a sure tackler. Meaning mm-hmm. in open field, the running back breaks free. Is him one on one to the goal line? He gets him down. Never in any of those statements is like, "Hey, man, he's a thumper, a hitter." He almost knocked out Cam Newton. It, look, I, I'm surprised that they didn't put Cam under the tent because I, I thought he was. He, he, he came off the field. His eye, he was. His I eyes were popping. I thought he was a little woozy. He hit him right up under the chin, pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, but Ashton Davis was was pretty impressive. Um, coming in and coming downhill and it had been a while you know like injuries that kind of prevented him from getting onto the field early in the season but you can see they have individual pieces but the team isn't fully baked yeah. out yet and so it'd be really important in the draft and in free agency that they're able to go and get the right kind of players to kind of fill around what whatever adam Gase or whatever joe d has in terms of the vision of the team and i think that is really important dj like i don't know if th- that is talked about enough what is the vision of the team? And I know it's weird because Adam Gase was there when Joe D yeah. arrives, yeah. but it would be interesting to understand like, all right, Joe, like what is your vision for the team? Like how does this team in a perfect world, how do they play? What kind of players comprise this team as we flip the culture in New York, a culture where they haven't won a lot? Yeah. I mean, I know just from knowing Joe, I know how he wants to build a team. You can go back and look at the Ravens. You can look at the Eagles Super Bowl team. Those teams were big and physical, like big physical football teams. And you want defensively to be able to really, really run. Um, but I mean, Mekhi Becton being his first pick is kind of, to me, tells you kind mm-hmm. of the vision of how he wants to wants to build that team. I, I just think this year to me is about Dorothy Boyd's. You got to find your Dorothy Boyds. Remember Jerry Maguire? Who's coming with me when he leaves? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Thinking all these people are going to come, and it's like Dorothy Boyd just raised his hand. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. And then Renee Zellweger and, and uh, Tom Cruise walk out. Like you got to find more than one Dorothy Boyd to take with you into twenty one. Like who are those key guys going to be to build around? I think we look at Beckton. You look at Quentin Williams. I think what we've seen from Ashton Davis, Denzel Mims. Um, you know, P. Ryan in some role. I don't know if he's going to be the number one back, but in, in some type of a role going forward, like. You're starting to see a handful of those guys, but man, you, you're uh, you know you got these next two years with a boatload of draft picks. That's where you're, all your Dorothy boys are going to come from. Yeah, and, it, and it's unfortunate. Like the deal, the deal. Like the guy that's, I guess, noticeably absent from that conversation is like, what do we do with Sam Darnold? And I yep. think what's unfortunate about it is Sam Darnold has been hurt this year, and I think in previous years or other times when he's played, can we make a, a solid evaluation based on what he's had around him? And then, I mean, you, you talk about the coach and all of this. Like, I mean, I just think it, it, I think it's a hard evaluation. I think you almost, if we were in class, you would have to put an incomplete in the grade column. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, what do we really know? And you're at a tricky spot because of where his contract deal is, where he is in his rookie contract. We have the fifth year option coming up and you have all this other stuff. Where are you at? And depending upon where you finish, I mean, it, it, it just makes it it makes it really hard because if you're the number one overall pick, then the conversation is Trevor Lawrence. Do you bypass Trevor Lawrence to continue on with Sam Darnold? Like that brings about an added pressure as a general manager to get it right. Um, you know, I, 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 I really don't know. Like, DJ, I don't know. And I don't know how you get that answer in these last seven, eight games. You know, I don't either. 
I don't either. And I, I don't know, like it's part of you is like, man, if we, if Sam's not healthy, you put him on ice, you preserve his value, you know, with other teams, if you are going to end up trading him, because the, you don't want him to come out and play the rest of the season and lay in a complete egg and destroy his trade value if that's the route you end up going. But on the other hand, if he comes out and plays well, he ups his value. But if he plays too well, you win games. and you don't, I mean, it's just like it's so many different things. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really tricky. I, I don't know if I've ever really seen a situation like this with a young player. Like the Josh Rosen situation is different because it was a one-year thing. I think Sam Darnold's situation is – can you think of another instance where we've had a situation like this, where you had a young player, a promising player who was taken, he was taken what, third overall? Uh, Sam was uh, third, yeah, third overall. Yep. Taken, yep. taken third overall. And after three years. You don't know. You don't know. I mean. You don't. I mean, the only thing I could compare it to would be Bortles, right? When uh, they had yeah. an opportunity to take some guys after Bortles, which, which gets me to my next point, Buck, because. I know you do work with the Jags, so I know you've seen this, but where's the win? Their remaining schedule, Packers, oh, Steelers, Browns, Vikings, Titans, Ravens, Bears, maybe, at Colts. That's the rest of their schedule. I mean, that's why the Jets, if the Jets win that game, I don't think they get the first pick because I think I, I think the Jags are marching towards 1-15. and 15. DJ, and watching the team every week, it is, it is going to be hard to yeah. eke out a win like things will have to break in in the in your favor in like such an unbelievable fashion that i don't know like the next couple of weeks like the packers this week and then the steelers comes down and you're just looking and, and and you just don't know where the w's are and then i think the thing about the jacks and man i man, i'm duval to i die when i look at it but i just don't know like when i'm looking at how you rebuild this team it has to start with the quarterback and i think for the first time in franchise history, mm-hmm. it is important upon them to really get a dude. Yeah. And I don't know in franchise history if they've ever had like an A-level quarterback. Mark Brunel played at that level. But I don't know if they've ever had an A-level quarterback where everyone in the league was like, yep, he's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not a manufacturer guy, but one when we roll out the ball and we're looking at warm-ups and you and I are over there doing body types and everything. Yeah. And we look yeah. at each other like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and so you're right. So if they finish with the second overall pick um, and they're, they're out of the Trevor Lawrence thing, the decision that has to be made in terms of getting the right quarterback, it's a ton of pressure. I mean, it's a ton of pressure on if it's Dave Caldwell and that crew or whoever it is, it's a ton of pressure to get it right. Um, and I don't know because the fan base down there, I mean, they've seen a lot of losing um, they're frustrated when they call into the shows and stuff like that. It, I mean, it's just it's just a difficult thing. But I will say this about the rebuild: so much money. Oh yeah, about like a hundred million. So much money, and oh, so you know, are the Jets. I think the Jets are right behind them. I think those two teams are going to have they're going to have the first two picks in the draft, and they both have a ton of money to spend in free agency. It'll be a fun project. Um, one day, like we'll they both probably, have multiple picks, right? They both have multiple picks. They have multiple, they have multiple picks. It'd be a fun project one day on the podcast to take both of those teams and kind of do the deep dive. I know we've done things like, hey, how do we rebuild? Maybe later in the year, maybe the last yeah. month of the season. Yeah. How do Good we idea. rebuild the Jazz? How do we rebuild the Jaguars? Because you have so many different picks, you have so much free agent money to be able to do it. Like you would like to think that you can do it, but I think if anything, you got to be confident that the coach that you have in place is the right guy. 
And then you have to then determine, okay, how do we do it? How do we set and establish a culture? And how can we build our team first to win the division? Secondly, to eventually be able to compete with the top teams in the AFC. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like that call. Um, I, I spent some time watching uh, a couple college kids, a couple college quarterbacks this last week. Um, I mentioned it before. I watched a little Zach Wilson from, from BYU. He's legit. He can really move. He's got a live arm. He's fun to watch. Um, but I went back and watched – trying to keep up with Justin Fields every week, so I went back and watched his, his game against Rutgers. I know Rutgers is terrible, but still some good things you can pull from it. Um, and then, um, obviously, Lawrence didn't play, so you didn't get a chance to, to see him in this one. And then I watched Kyle Trask from Florida. So, and Kyle Trask, you know, had a big game. The numbers are good. Mm-hmm. There's a big win for them over Georgia. But he is he is slow-footed. I mean, he does not, he does not have any – urgency or juice in his in his lower half to be able to escape or make plays they bring another quarterback if they want to run around a little bit so it got me thinking you know athleticism at the quarterback position is it you know what is the necessary threshold you have to meet and how do you take a quarterback in the first round of draft i'm not talking just about kyle trask but just a quarterback in general that lacks, you know, real athleticism and mobility, the way the game is trending, the way the game is played right now. Um, you look at the success of the young guys with with Burrow and Herbert, and now we're seeing two out there running around making plays. Buck, I, what's your take on that? Can you can you throw out a young quarterback that is not mobile? No, I'm going to go all the way back, and it's funny, because Mike Holmgren said this years and years ago. He said, I want a quarterback who is athletic. I don't necessarily want an athlete who is a quarterback. And I think that is an important distinction. Because when you're talking about a quarterback who is athletic, you're talking about someone who can do all of the things that you traditionally asked a quarterback to do, meaning he is able to deal from the pocket. He has the necessarily arm strength and arm talent to make the throws that you want to make. He has the IQ to command uh, the team, the huddle, the position. He can make all the checks and stuff at the line of scrimmage eventually when you give that to him. But he also has that ability to erase your mistakes as a play caller, meaning he has some escapability. Whether that means he's a runner, it doesn't mean he's necessarily a runner, but he can evade and elude and create space and time in the pocket. He can get on the move and do some of your movement-based passing game and those things. So he gives you the opportunity to have a a very big playbook that you can attack the defense in a variety of ways. Now, the athlete playing quarterback is the guy that is the run-first guy or whatever, and you're very limited in terms of what you can do in the passing game. And so I think it has always been a function of that. And I think if we go back to Joe Montana, because I know Coach Holmgren was very influenced by his time with Joe Montana, who could move around and do those things, and then Steve Young, who Mm -hmm. also could move around and do those things. And I just believe that if you don't have the ability to move around, to get on the perimeter, to do some things with your legs, it just makes it very, very difficult for the team to protect you with an offensive line and for the play caller to protect you by being able to vary the launch points in the pocket to help you. All right. I've got a very arbitrary uh, uh, list here because I was thinking of what, what does this look like? Try and put a visual on what we're talking about, being able to elude the rush or just be able, just that threshold of athleticism. So to me, I don't want a quarterback that I can't and going forward. I do not want to draft a quarterback that I can't incorporate in in the zone read game. And I don't need, I'm not saying he's going to go 50, but I'm saying you have to account for him. He might go seven or eight, but he's going to give mm-hmm. me seven or eight yards, get down, protect himself. But I, I mean, you got to be able to at least be a viable option on a zone read to me. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, 50 yards, but if you can pull it and get me six, seven yards and get down, that's fine. And mm-hmm. I think if guys, and we can go through them, you know, Kirk Cousins can do that. Matthew Stafford can do that. Um, 
you know, you go on Baker Mayfield can do that. So let's go. Aaron, I want to go. Aaron Rodgers would have been Aaron Rodgers. Like, absolutely. All those guys. Like the, absolutely. Those guys, yeah. So this is what I want to do. I'm going to go through the teams here. I'm going to give you the quarterback and then I'm going to challenge you to give me the A through F. We're just doing athleticism. We're not talking about how good a quarterback they are. Just athleticism, A through F. And I want to see how many C's are below we get. Okay. You ready? All right. Yeah. All, right. All right. Let's start. Let's start in the uh, AFC East. Uh, Josh Allen. Oh, we got to give him an A. Yeah, he's an A. Uh, we go to Tua. I think Tua is a B, B plus. Yep. Uh, then we go to Cam. I mean, Cam is a, is a A minus B plus at this point, yep. but he's athletic enough. Yeah, the Jets, and we'll say Darnold is the is the regular. I think I think Darnold is a B. Yep. So that division, there's no C's in that division. All right, now we get to the North. Ben Roethlisberger, current Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is a C because he doesn't okay. move around as well as he used to. I, I agree with you. Uh, Lamar, A+. plus. Yeah. Uh, Baker. Man, I think Baker's a C. I don't think he's a great athlete. I think okay. he is at the line when we talk about the athleticism. I think well, you're not. Yeah, but these are C's, not D's or F's. You're just going. Yeah, C's. he's a C. Uh, Burrow. I think Burrow's a B. Yep. Um, Tannehill. Man, he's a B. Yep. He can he run. Might be a B plus. He might. Yeah, he can run. He can move. <laughs> Rivers. Man, he's D F. Oh, he's down, he's well below the line. Yeah. I think you have to go F athlete on that one. Uh, Deshaun. Deshaun is A minus. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville, I guess we go Minshew. Even then, man. It's, but he's like a B minus. C. I mean, yeah, he's fine. Plus. He's in the C range. Okay. I'll, I, I, I trust your grades here. So you're going to get C range. range. Uh, Mahomes. Oh, he's, a, he's in the A range somewhere in there. Uh, Carr. Interesting. Uh, I, think he's a, I, think he's a, I think he's a B. He doesn't use it enough. I think he's a B. I would like to see him use his athleticism more. But, yeah, he's a B. Uh, Locke. He has athleticism. He's a B. Yep. yep. Uh, Herbert. I think he's a high high B plus. He's a B yep. plus. A Wentz. Go to the NFC. Wentz. I mean, even he's though he's beaten up, he's still a B. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Washington. I don't know. Those guys are – Those guys are it's a collection of guys. But Yes, yeah, a collection of guys. But, those, look. Two of those guys would be D's. I think Dwayne Haskins would fall below below the line. Yeah. I think I don't think Kyle Allen's a great athlete. I, w- I would put him as a as a C minus D. Alex Smith at this stage, older, is yeah. a C minus D. Like they don't have athleticism. No, they don't have the okay. athleticism to do this stuff. Okay. All right. So that gets that gets us through uh there. Uh we'll say Dak is a regular starter. I mean Dak is a Stack is a B B athlete. Uh Daniel uh, Jones is a B plus athlete. Yep. Then we go to the Packers. Uh, he's still a B plus at B, B plus athlete. Yep. Foles. Weird, man. We're, we're CD range. Yeah. You know, he doesn't move. He doesn't offer anything. He's probably below the C You're D range. D. Yeah. Okay, go D on that one. Um, all right. Then we go to Cousins. Cousins is a C, but I would give him maybe a high C, C plus, because he'll move some. He can do all the bootleg yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I think I would give him like a B minus. I think I would, because I would pull him out of the range of these Cs. I mean, he's yeah. a better athlete right now than Ben, Baker, Minshew. He is. Yeah, he is. Guys. Let's go B minus on that one. Uh, uh, Stafford. Yeah, Stafford's a good athlete. He's a B athlete. Yep. Okay. Um, Breeze. Man, the older Breeze is hard because he has to fall into that C clump. Yeah. You know, the younger Breeze would be above the line, but he's in that clump right now. 
Yep. Uh, Brady. DF. Yeah. F category. He doesn't give yep. you anything. Nothing yep. extra. We'll go F on that one. Okay. Uh, Matt Ryan. Mm, D range. What do you think? I was going to. I think he was a better he, younger. He's not a terrible. I, think I might go C minus and just pull him yeah, out of C minus. Okay, we get him a C minus. Uh, Carolina Teddy. He's in a C range. He's not. He's not a high end athlete. He's athletic enough. He's shown more mobility than I ever anticipated this year. I yeah. would still say he's a high C, like a C plus. Okay. Uh, Russ. Oh, Russ is an A athlete. Yep. Kyler. Whew. A plus athlete. Jeez. Yep. Golf. C athlete. Not in, I'm saying he's not a horrible athlete. But no, C I, athlete. I, I, yeah, I think he's – I'd give him like a – to me, I'd put him in – if Teddy Bridgewater's a C plus, I think I would give Goff a C plus. Okay. I think they're the same in terms of how they go about yeah. their business. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, if we say Garoppolo is it in the same frame. I think – look, I – I think Jimmy's a notch above Jerry Goff and those guys. I think he has more athleticism than he displayed. Um, going back to Eastern Illinois, he used to pull it on the zone read and do some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So here's the guys. So that's the league. So here's who we have below the level C. Okay. We've got uh, the Washington, the conglomerate of Washington quarterbacks, Foles. We've got Brady. Uh, we've got Rivers. And we've the Matt Ryan we elevated to a C minus. So, so those are the guys. Though, so if we're saying at least a C level athlete, the guys who fall below the line are Rivers, the Washington quarterbacks, Foles, Brady. That's who we have. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, that's it. So that's one, two, three. We only have four guys who we say are not at that. And, and again, to give you an image of what the so if we're gonna say the level. The line, if we're going to go the line, the line would be the, you know, Matt Ryan's a C minus, um, Breeze is a C, Menchu's a C, Baker, Ben, um, Teddy's a C plus, Goff's a C plus. So that's the clump of guys that are kind of in the strata. Right on the line. You want, you want, you want, like you want, you want more. And what it, what it shows you is the limitation because all those guys in the C category, DJ, we always talk about the inconsistencies in terms of like what they have to have around them. Yep. You know, like they, they're more dependent upon the stuff around them, either scheme or supporting cast. They need more around them to be able to be successful. I think that's the common denominator with that C group because they can't add the dimensions. They need the dimensions added with the players that you surround them with. It's a good point. And I actually uh, I'm going through now. I'm thinking of these guys. Let's just take the C group here. Okay. So let's see if we can create some separation within this C group because I want to do that that theory. We call a zone replay. Can they get me? Can they get you seven yards? Okay. So this is going to end just the C's. So yes or no. Okay. Yeah. Roethlisberger. No, he can't get us. No, he can't get us. No, no. So I'm going to circle him. Baker, I think Baker can get you seven. Don't you think he, he, he pulls? He did it in Oklahoma. He did. He did a little bit, like uh, uh, as a surprise. He can get. You, he can get you seven. Minshew, I mean, he runs around and makes plays. He's just like, look, whatever I get, Baker, I have to give going to Minshew because I okay. think they're one and the same. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. So then, uh, Breeze, not anymore. No, not anymore. I'm with you. Um, Matt Ryan, no, we can't do it no. anymore. Teddy. Seven yards, Buck. I'm just asking for seven yards. I mean, he's done it 
on occasion this year. I don't love it, but he can do it. He okay. can do it. Okay. Uh, Goff. Mm. That's why these guys are all on the, on the line. That's why it's not an easy decision. No. And then I, I dock points because he doesn't know how to spike the ball. And he's one of my favorites. So I'm, I'm going to say, no, I don't think he can get us. I don't think he can get a seven on his own read. Okay. Okay. So that means kind of the upper end of the athlete. Like, that's why I would say the line for me is those guys that can get you the seven yards. That means the acceptable athletic threshold is Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater. So if you put the image of those three guys in your hands, if you're not more athletic than those, if you're, if you're less athletic than those three players, our, our move the sticks recommendation would be to, to avoid pass. forward. Yeah, to pass. And it's hard because the three guys that you, you listed, right? Like Minshew and Baker and Teddy. I think Teddy's played better this year than those other guys. Like, and watching Minshew play like each week, DJ, like, because he's here's the other thing, too. So if you're if you're gonna be non-athletic, you better have special arm talent, man. You better have some special qualities in other areas, right? Yep. So you need to have like if you're a, a C C plus athlete, then you must have A A plus arm talent. Yeah. When I look at Baker and Minshew, they don't have those they yeah. don't have those qualities to make up for that. And let's also throw in the fact that you're shorter. Yeah. I mean, it just makes it harder. So if you're not going to be a great athlete, you have to be exceptional in several other areas to 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 make up for your deficiencies as an athlete. Yep, and I think when you look at the guys that we had below the line, so the guys we had below the sea level, um Rivers is 38 years old or whatever, right? So you've got knowledge and experience. Um, Foles has been around for a long time, Super Bowl MVP, even though I don't, you know, I still view him more as a kind of a backup than a pure starter, but that's how he's survived because of that. Um, Brady, obviously, 43 years old with his experience and knowledge base. To be a young quarterback and not have mobility, it's a, I mean, I don't want to say it's a suicide mission, but it's good luck. It's not easy, man. It's not. It's, it's look. It's it's a hard deal. It's a hard deal. It's a hard deal on everybody. And so, yeah, I think it is a tough. I mean, it's a tough job. Like if you don't have the ability to create and extend plays and allow us to go to the back page of the playbook, you can't do it. And because there's so many yards that you can steal with the zone read stuff that you talk about in the RPO game, I think you have to have it. Yeah, and, and the other thing I would, I would add in here. Um, if you look at the recent failures and if we're going to count, I mean, Haskins is the third string quarterback in Washington right now. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say he's a bust, but I'm saying it's been a failure thus far. So can't, can't move, you know, limited athlete, Josh Rosen, you know, multiple teams didn't work out and not a great athlete. So if we were putting those guys on this scale, I don't think, I mean, I think those guys would check in as, you know, below the sea level to, you know, no pun intended. Like that's, they would be D's or C minus athletes when you compare them with this group of guys. To me, if we gave Foles a D, then then Dwayne Haskins and Josh Rosen are D's. Mm-hmm. And and look, and I think I think it changes everything. And DJ, I think it's going to change stuff. I'm I'm curious when I get back and have the opportunity to look to be around some of the high schoolers, the Elite Eleven crew. I'm curious to see what's in the pipeline, and I'm curious to see. Um, for years, DJ, we always celebrated the pocket passer. It was all about like the guy that could spin it from the pocket, the guy who had all the ability. Yeah, Yeah, but now when we look at the guys that are playing, 
um, is different. I'm looking at Kyler Murray, and I don't know how many people are really paying attention to what Kyler Murray is doing this year. Oh, yeah. He's Kyler. on pace for 16 rushing touchdowns, Buck. 16. DJ, I think he has like 2,500 pass yards and 500 rush yards or something, something yeah, ridiculous. He's for almost 1,100 rush yards and 16 rushing touchdowns. He's on pace for 32 passing touchdowns and over 4,000 passing yards. And and he's doing it. It's, it's like he's the road runner. It's beep, 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 beep. He doesn't take a shot. He scoots into the end zone, and I'm just like, man, and I'm kicking myself because I'm like, man, why didn't I put a bigger grade on him? Like, mm-hmm. like all the thing. But, DJ, right before our eyes in the last three years, the, the evaluation of the quarterback position has completely changed. Um, what we look at and what we look for and what is not only acceptable, what is coveted. Because I'm looking at Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They're the two best quarterbacks in the class and we struggled with the evaluation of both of those guys. Struggled yeah, the entire to a higher standard in terms of the accuracy, and we didn't give them enough credit for the athleticism. And but because that's the way we've been trained, we've been trained that forever. Okay, you have if you look at all the factors, and you had accuracy and athleticism. I mean, accuracy a level of importance was up here, and athleticism was somewhere down on the bottom. And now it's like whoop, nope, and no, and especially you can show a little bit of improvement in that area. But man, when you can when you can extend plays, you don't have to fit balls in a mailbox, man. It's amazing. You say, oh, he just got some some uh, some guys pretty much free and clear. Yeah, when you can buy six seconds of time, guys tend to uncover. No, and and I think the Josh Allen thing will go down as one of the biggest. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, I'll put them in the same category. I think they go down as one of the best lessons that scouts will learn over the next decade or two, because man, we picked apart both of those guys. Separate reasons in terms of their lack of accuracy, the way they performed in certain games or whatever. And then these guys, like the fact that Josh Allen has two 400-yard games in the National Football League, two this year, maybe four 300-yard games, that is remarkable. It it is remarkable to look at that guy, the guy that we looked at at Wyoming, to -hmm. see him carve up defenses and put that number of passing yards up on the board is ridiculous. And then to look at Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson has been an MVP. And even though his struggles, we can talk about throwing outside the numbers and all this other stuff or whatever. He has been an MVP that recognizes you as the best player in the game at some point. I mean, it just changes like, like, like now it's not only about like the player, it is almost as if like we've done this on paths of the draft sometimes. Okay. It is not only about the prospect, but the instructions that come with it. Yep. It's, Hey, he, here's your Christmas gift. Here, here's here are the instructions that come out the box, and this is how we utilize him to make sure that we maximize it. I think that conversation has to be had now when we're doing the quarterback thing, because before it was like, hey, this is number one, two, three, four, and five, and it's not as much that is. How can we see this guy having success? Which teams have the stuff in place as a play calling team to enable him to have success going forward? All right, so. I want to just take the the Josh Allen thing because I want to compare it for a second here to Trey Lance because what we're saying, the lesson that we're learned is what we've learned is um, sometimes the whole picture is never going to be colored in in an evaluation. So if you get you can get a, a good idea of what it looks like when let's go Josh Allen and Trey Lance and just I'm going to go down this checklist, Buck, and you tell me where they where they rank because we know Josh Allen well we got to know him through the process and we've seen him now and we've got to speak with Trey Lance and got to know him well as as well all right so big you just tell me check just give me a check yes or no yes big big athletic check tough tough yep check 
competitive. Check. Work ethic. Great. Check. Intelligence. Check. So at some point in time, it's like, well, I don't know. In his one game this year, he wasn't quite as accurate. and He missed a throw. And, and I don't know. He's at North Dakota State, and they don't play. The, and I'm like, just go through the checklist, man. Go. And not only that, go look at the young players who are having success. And rate off their characteristics. And then you can put them right up there. Like, I don't think we need to over overcook the grits when it comes to these evaluations with the quarterback. Let's look at who's playing. Let's look at who's playing well as a younger player. Let's see the common denominators and let's see how many of those factors you have. If you have a significant amount of those factors, more times than not, I suggest that you're going to have success in the league if you're paired with the right play caller. I mean, that's what it is. And so that's why when we talk about this race in 2021 with the quarterbacks, I mean, all those guys that we're talking about at the top, they all are big, athletic. All three of those guys. They're smart. Yeah. They, 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 do, they have the work ethic and those things. Now it's just a matter of going to Baskin-Robbins and determining what flavor do I want as my starting quarterback? What, yep. what do I like? What other little stuff do I want? But the necessary traits are there. So now it's just determining, okay, who is the best fit for what we want to do going forward and the imagination that we have for our offense. Yep. And I, I almost think in some ways with like the veterans, you have to play, you play the position defensively, right? If you're the quarterback. And so it's, here's where they're coming from. Here's how I'm going to try and react to it. Right. When you have, when you have an athletic young quarterback, you dictate, you say, no, 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 we, we go at them. They're going to have to deal with us with how yes. we're going to use this. It's just a total different. It's a flip on how, on how you play the position. Yeah. We, we, we dictate the terms. Yes. We dictate the terms. You know now you have an athletic quarterback. You're going to have to defend us differently. All that stuff that you put on film against others, that's great, but they're not us. Yeah. So, so, so now, how are you going to defend the, the zone read? How are you going to defend the RPO game that we have? How are you going to defend the movement-based passing game, the sprint outs, the bootlegs, that stuff? And if he is a efficient passer from the pocket, now, DJ, your game plan from a defensive standpoint, you have to have so much stuff that you can't you can't possibly prepare to defend the quarterback that has so many tools in the tool belt. That's a fun conversation, man. I really think it's interesting. It, it has changed, though. I mean, and that's that's the challenge that we have. And, and for, fortunately, we're not with the teams who are going to get you know held accountable if we if we make a boo boo on one of these things because. It is evolving and changing. And if you if you put your 2010 scouting hat on and go out and try and build a team right now, it ain't going to work. You, you know, it's just not going to work. It's totally different. No, and I, th- I think everybody who is really, like, in this business, I think they not only have to keep a foot in the pro game, I think they have to keep a foot in the, the college high school game in terms of just knowing what's coming and how these guys are being asked to play. Um I saw a breakdown on some of the quarterbacks and I do wonder this, right? I think sometimes we have to steer clear because like we're, we're about to hit the nitpicking season, right? So so the nitpicking season is when we have the quarterbacks that we've um, suggested that they're at the top and what we do almost unfairly, we pull out a play or two where they may not have been perfect. Oh, well, he didn't see this read. He has to get off his first thing or whatever. And I think we just have to be careful not to downgrade guys for these isolated plays and to really try and keep perspective. Like, Hey, let's take it all in. 
Let's just take it. Let's take it all in. Let's just look at how it plays over time. How did he play game to game to game to game and look at it that way? Because that's a better indicator of like, uh, you know, because we've seen guys in the league. Because remember, DJ, we say quarterbacks don't improve in the league. Yeah, they don't improve. The, they don't become more accurate in the league yeah. because the windows are tighter. Not true anymore. It's not true. And so yeah. it just makes it hard. It also makes it hard for us to have these declarative statements where we say there's no way <laughs> Josh Allen won't <laughs> will make it. In, there's no way. Yeah. I don't think we can't stand. We can't stand in front of the camera and the mic and say that anymore. Like there's a path for everybody to have success. I think our job now is to show the path for yeah. how guys can have success. That's, that's the point. I mean, to me, that's like the point of the report. I mean, because you can put the grade on the guy, or you can rank players and say, here's my list. But if you don't have any descriptive words to say, here's how to use him, here's what he can be, here's what I see, here's what I like, here's what worries me, like that to me is that's the menu. We're just kind of drawing up the menu. Now, if you if you buy the buy it and don't, you know, go off the menu, then that's your fault. I mean, I can't help you, you know. <laughs> It's kind of like Sam, right? If you took Sam Donald and dropped Sam Donald with Brian Dayball in, in Buffalo and with the way they have that you roster, wonder, how he'd different be would successful. It be? How different I guarantee he'd be successful. How different would it be if we took Sam Donald as he is right now? And let's just say we removed Ryan Tannehill. We took Sam Donald and dropped him in Tennessee's offense. Yep. He'd be fine. What would it look like? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, just just let's just say if we, we took him and put him in the offense that they run in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. What would it look like? In San Francisco, how would he look? What kind of player would he be? Like, how how protected would he be in terms of playing to the strengths of his game and his athleticism? Can the coordinator make the game easy for him? So it's easy for us to say, like, hey, but he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. Okay, cool, he can't do this. But can I pair him with someone who can say, yeah, I know you can't do that, so I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm going to accentuate your strengths. I think that's the thing going forward. And I think that is going to be interesting when we do get to this point where – if he is offered up on the trade market, who is going to be the guy that looks at him compared to the 2021 quarterbacks and say, hey, let me take him because I know I can do X, Y, and Z and get him up and running. And like I said, like we've been saying, he doesn't need to be better than the top three quarterbacks in his draft class. He just needs to be better than the fourth because, you know, or maybe even the fifth because those top guys are all going to go in the top 10. So if you're a team picking down there in the 20, you're not sniffing any of those guys. You're not going to see Lawrence or Fields or or Trey Lance. You're probably not even going to see Zach Wilson. So to me, if you're picking down there at the bottom of the first round, you're comparing him to that next group of quarterbacks. And I think he stacks up very well. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's the conversation. I think that's the conversation that you must have. Uh, if we go back and we look at that list of names, the list of names that we had with the C-level quarterbacks, the yeah. C-level athletes, those are the those are the teams that have to put him on the the docket and have the conversation about Sam Donald versus QB four or five in twenty twenty one. Are we better served or whatever? And I think the interesting thing also will come. I think he's a better player than Mitch Trubisky, but I think mm-hmm. someone is going to look at Mitch Trubisky's athleticism and maybe somewhere, yeah, you know, and see those things. Yeah, no, it's interesting, man. This is a fun episode today. Uh, what what uh, what else are you working on, Buck? Anything else you want to hit before we get out? No, I think that is it. Like we've had conversations uh, the last couple of days over Dalvin Cook and how special he is. We talked about him over the summer being a potential MVP candidate. He is definitely not disappointing. So we mm-hmm. talked about that. And then DJ, I want to I'm gonna dig deeper into Trey Hendrickson. He has emerged as the complimentary pass rusher on the backside of Cam Jordan. And I don't know if anybody thought that he was going to be the one 
to be thought that Davenport was going to be that guy. Yeah, that he has been the one with seven and a half sacks to 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 give them that 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 second punch uh, up front. No doubt. Well, this has been fun, man. It's been it's been great to uh, to dig in on this stuff. These are my favorite episodes. Like we can talk about games and react to games. Anybody can do that. But to me, when we're looking at trying to build teams and looking at the most important position and what to look for, I mean, that's that's what I get excited about. So uh, it's been a fun one today, Buck. Appreciate no, it. No, it's been a lot of fun. Appreciate you, DJ. All right. That's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you guys for, for listening. Thanks for subscribing uh, to the pod. And uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks presented by Zaxby's. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forest, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.